Welcome to Comically Inclined! I am Danny Stewart, Editor-in-Chief for ComicallyInclined.com and your host for this podcast. And I am Blake Hickman, the Digital Media Director. Hi, Blake. How are you doing this week? Oh, well, not too bad. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. I'm excited for... uh, We've had a pretty decent week for nerd stuff. We got... uh, uh, we went and saw Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. That was, uh, that was a good time. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. And uh, we've got uh, Last of Us Episode 6, which was kind of a big, big episode. Um, and we'll get into all of that in a minute. But first off, you want to give us some news? Yeah, let's fire up the rumor mill. All right, this week on Rumor Mill, uh, because I'm guessing because Ant-Man 3 came out, it's actually a little little lesser this week than what we have been. But uh, we do have news that Shang-Chi 2 and Eternals 2 have been added to the Marvel uh, production calendar finally. So I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I know Eternals wasn't like the biggest movie or, you know, the most crazed movie about. But I am anxious actually to see a sequel to that and see, you know, which route they're heading. And to see where you know some of the characters we got in and the end credit scenes as well. Yeah, so. um, I'm excited about this because I think that while Eternals did a lot of setup, where they left it at um, leaves it really open for a good adventure that doesn't necessarily have to fill in any like comic canon or anything. It's it's characters that nobody's yeah. super familiar with, so right. I think they can have a lot of fun with it. Oh, for sure. And and I want to see Pip. You know, I, I want to really continue Pip in that, or if that's going to be you know a character we see in a, another series or something. Yeah, uh, Billy says he thinks he's one of the only ones, or one of the few who liked Eternals. I liked Eternals, so I, I'm I with you, Billy. Just, you were not alone. I was say when we when we had uh, when it first came out, we talked about it stuff. I, I was one of the few that we, we all talked and like. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a good story movie. Yeah, and I th- yeah, I think it sets up a fun world uh, mm. uh, outside of the main MCU. Um, they're they're kind of they have the ability to kind of be everywhere. They're not necessarily earthbound heroes. They're not necessarily spacebound heroes. They can just kind of be wherever they want to. So it just really opens, opens up the Marvel cinematic universe for some, some larger than life stories. And and I'm excited about it. I, I'm, yeah. uh, I'm really excited to see where they go with uh, the characters that were left over because right. they shattered the mold for what the Eternals <laughs> is in the comics. And uh, they just left these characters off on this fun space adventure to figure out what the hell's going on with the uh, Celestials. Or you think we? Uh, you think there's variants of them? I mean, I I would imagine. Yeah, you you probably yeah. see variants. Yeah, so I mean, variants maybe of, of some of them throughout the multiverse. Maybe somehow we're going to get some kind of variant crossovers to fill in, you know, the ones that killed off or something like that. And we could also just see that the Celestials created the uh, Eternals that have been destroyed a second time or whatever, put consciousness in in new new consciousness and in, in similar bodies and we might see that same group of characters all over again on another planet oh yeah for sure uh next on the list we have uh agatha coven of chaos uh that was re- uh supposed to be released in winter of this year or uh spring of next year now it's been uh put to be determined uh and the, its reason is due to story it says uh, due to story reasons whatever that means that's the only thing being released so yeah, um, I could speculate. Let's do some wild speculations. I would assume that with uh, story reasons, it's that they've worked up some new idea inside the MCU and they want to work it into work the angle into Coven of Chaos. But the only, right. only way that works is pushing it back a little bit. 
they may maybe they're intertwining a little bit more Doctor Strange or you know or something like that into it. I mean, because there was rumor, I think a few weeks ago we had rumor of uh, some. Oh, there was a character named Alice from Strange Academies or Strange Comic Lines or whatever. And that Strange Academy. And that character is supposed to be in Covenant Chaos. And, you know, and we also uh, reported on about the uh, Strange Academy is supposed to be an upcoming uh, series. So maybe with that being said, that being in the works now. They're kind of intertwining that a little bit better, where it makes a little bit more sense. Alice isn't the Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza character, is it? Uh, I can't remember. Um, I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, me neither. I think they just sit there and said that character was uh, going to be in there. I don't think they it was actually okay. just named for. I know that the Aubrey Plaza character is supposed to be the villain. Um, right. Of the... Uh, of the show so i don't know it's interesting uh i don't know where they're going with coven of chaos uh i i really have no idea to be honest with you and i, I think that's one of the more exciting things about what we're getting with with marvel uh going forward with the mcu is that we kind of have no idea where they're going you yeah know? yeah i i sit there i mean i don't know because i mean we all see where i guess it left off you know uh in the wandavision series and Literally, I cannot. I can't really even picture where they would do that unless they literally completely just started off a whole nother branch for a story that we don't even know that's coming. Because I just don't see how that can currently tie in with what we know, what we know is upcoming. Yeah, uh, it, I well, I, we know we're getting the return of Scarlet Witch during Coven of Chaos. Um, that's going to be um, uh, the return of that character. Uh, so I, th I think that's the big part. That's the vehicle of that is to bring that character back, but also just the fact that we're getting more mystical characters in the MCU. And then, and then I think with this coven of chaos, it's going to kind of bust that open for the, the broader, like witchier characters that mm -hmm. we have in, in the comics medium. Do you think that we're going to get a, a, you know, most of that series in that town that they were in in WandaVision with those characters, or do you think it may be like a first episode thing? And then we go off somewhere else and tell the story. I it it may give you a bit of a flashback to those characters in the what was the name of the town? Uh, somethingville, right? Yeah, somethingville. I don't remember. Almost like Pleasantville, but it ain't that. <laughs> yeah, it, but it wasn't. Um, but the I think maybe we'll get a flashback during the time in there. But Scarlet Wish completely broke the spell for that city. Right. So imagine that whatever we get will not take place in like this idyllic like 1950s town in New Jersey. Um. I think it's it's probably um, more likely to just take place in in maybe the one to Gore Mountain yeah. um, would be an interesting spot for it or something something a little bit more six one six mystical uh, area. Yeah, possibly. I, I'm, I'm like I mean, there's really been nothing released about this, like no leaks. And for it to you know originally supposed to be at, coming out the end of this year. You would think that we would have actually had a lot more leaks and more things told about it, but yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know they're good at, at keeping the the lid on on surprises for shows and stuff at Marvel. Right. So yeah, Marvel snipers be on point. So yeah, unless you're Tom Holland or Mark Ruffalo, then <laughs> uh, let's see. Next on the list, uh, something you know you're super excited about. <laughs> uh, Tom Hardy released some information that Venom Three is in pre production now. They're trying so hard, you know, uh, after Morbius, the, the, the absolute flop that was Morbius, Sony is like, the well, at least, success, you mean. at least Venom made money. <laughs> Let's make a third one of those. <laughs> the, I don't hate 
Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock in Venom. Oh, I think no, I love him. But I just the movies aren't aren't great, but they're okay. They're okay ish. Like I don't hate them. I'd watch them. I I'll watch. Yeah. You know, I'll watch the third one too. But there's no hype there, or no nothing to be impressed about. Like it's just all right. You know, it's entertaining. Went to theater, seen it. Martha, I mean, honestly, said I outside of the movie, uh, you talking about Venom two, Martha? Um. Anyway, Blake, what were you saying? Yeah. So like uh, the Venom movies. I mean, outside of when they came out for their theater release. I don't think I've ever went back and watched them on streaming except for maybe once. And that was it. Yeah. Uh, I've, I don't think I've ever given Venom 1 a rewatch. Uh, Venom 2, as much as, as hype as I was for Carnage to be joining uh, the the uh, Tom Hardy Venom on screen. And sadly enough, Woody Harrelson, one of my favorite actors of all I time. I love Woody Harrelson, too. I, yeah. And uh, he... Oh, Morbius. Martha Burden loved Morbius. Uh, Martha, what was your favorite thing about Morbius? Um, and uh, uh, no judgment, absolutely no judgment. It was not for me. Uh, and and I think the biggest problem I had with Morbius is that it was just so run of the mill for superhero films. But uh, I I was super excited about uh Woody Harrelson playing Cre uh, uh Cassidy, 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 uh, and and bringing Carnage to the big screen. And Carnage was like not fun i just did not enjoy the character as much as i thought i would um yeah i love that character and that actor too and i don't know yeah. it, it just did not bring it for me yeah I, he's like spider-man's version of the joker like he's he should be a lot of fun on screen and he just wasn't yeah i'll tell you my favorite part of morbius was definitely uh matt smith dancing around without a shirt on so <laughs> that's what did it for me but anyway uh, man i don't know to me morbius that in battle scene i was like it's like literally you blinked your eye and it was done and over like there wasn't even really a good in fight scene and i just can't believe like how quickly how it ended and there really was no substance there uh i don't know yeah and 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 i think the morbius like the, the morbius venom one uh do what what now, I, I'm listening to what you're saying about Morbius, but I'm saying that, like, the same sins that we, we saw in Morbius were similar in Venom 1. Like, the, the end fight scene was just dark. Oh, you couldn't yeah. see it. It wasn't exciting. It was just the two symbiotes, but like, bashing into each other until the end of the fight. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dark CGI. You can't tell what the hell's going on. Yeah, Carnage shouldn't be PG-13. Yeah. That should be straight R. I mean, across the board. Nothing PG-13 about Carnage at all or his character. Billy, the serial killer wasn't fun enough. No, <laughs> Billy, the serial killer was not fun enough on screen. If I'm going to have to sit through uh, a comic book movie with even a serial killer, i.e. the Joker or uh, Carnage, yeah, they should be fun. That's kind of the that's kind of the fun of having these characters. You get to like they're dark, they're dangerous, they're scary, they do awful things, and they have wicked senses of humor that, right. and they say things that the average human being would never say, and that's like. Yeah, that's been the draw of that character his entire history. So yeah, I wanted to see it fun on the screen the same way it is in the comics for sure. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Jesse, I don't think I don't think you could do Carnage uh, justice in PG thirteen. It, it definitely, I think Carnage just generally needs to be more gory. I mean, it's like doing Deadpool in PG thirteen. It just doesn't work. Yeah, and he's one of again. Or Ted Bundy. <laughs> one of Spider-Man's more fun villains, but also one of Spider-Man's scarier characters. Hey, the Ted Bundy movie's got some laughs. <laughs> Just saying. It really does. 
Oh, uh, so uh, we actually, I think roughly about a year or so ago, there was a picture of uh, Jessica Jones' uh, character and Luke Cage. Can't think of their names right off the top of my head. Kristen Ritter and uh, Michael Coulter. Michael Coulter. Yep. yep. So, we almost, uh, almost, almost got CapeCon. He he was right up to signing his uh, signing his agreement, and then he backed off. Well, uh, it ended anyway. up having some kind of uh, scheduling conflict. Yeah, is what it was. Uh, but yeah, so anyways, they uh, there's a pic of them together. I think she's like holding a coffee cup or whatever, and so it's sparking a whole bunch of speculation again. Uh, so, and I believe it said like reunited, and it feels so good or something underneath. Yeah, so, the, something yeah. like that. So you know, we can't help but knowing you know we got Daredevil born again coming up. We have so many. We have Echo. You know, it's coming up. Supposedly Jessica Jones is going to be in Echo's rumored. It's not confirmed or nothing like that. It's obviously when we're getting Matt Murdock again. Uh, so. I don't know. There's so many speculations out there of where they could be and where they could, uh, like, series they could be on Disney Plus. I think that if they're smart, we will see every single character from the Netflix uh, um, Heroes for Hire or uh, Defenders uh, universe, except for Iron Fist. I think that's the only one we're not going to get back. I think Flynn Jones is out, um, and I and I think that that's not just because of how poorly done the uh, the series was for because of the inherent racism of uh iron fist being a master martial artist and being a white dude and that whole that whole the whole reason why shang chi is iron fist or that iron fist is is an asian man in the comics now um but anyway not to get too deeply into that uh as as two as two very white dudes (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, yeah. Uh, I, I enjoyed. I mean, besides Iron Fist, I enjoyed all of those series that was out on Netflix. They're yeah, and I didn't. I didn't hate Iron Fist either. There's just moments in that show that's so hard to watch. Yeah. Uh, also, see. So this is a great one. James Cameron uh, is talking about Avatar two, the money it's bringing in. Uh, then they get on a conversation with about CGI. He's talking to this reporter or whatever, and then he kind of. The talk goes from uh, about Thanos to CGI in comparison to his CGI. And he's like, you know, speaking of Thanos, his whole plan for depopulation, I actually agree with that. I think that should be a thing. Yeah. I mean, it's a terrible plan. Uh, the, yeah. the the whole population crisis would have would have resumed again in, you know, less than a, a century. But sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Avatar 2 made no sense. Yeah. Uh, I, I have said multiple times it is a... Uh, a nature documentary yeah. for a planet that doesn't exist. Uh, I get that it's like James Cameron is super into like uh, saving the whales and shit. So like that was fine, I guess. Um, Man, I just I seeing a three hour movie that's just like a mostly a mostly like an episode of Planet Earth and B um, just basically was a bunch of other movies packed into one film. Uh, it's like. He ripped off, uh, you know, Pocahontas and Dances with Wolves with Avatar One, and then with Avatar Two, he was like, "How many more films can I fit into this at one time?" And man, did he pack them in there? Yeah, it was. I don't know. I, 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 I mean, I, I, I don't necessarily hate the film. I I thought it was okay. I, I it's no, no, okay. No, I'm not saying the film was bad. It was just not at all what I expected it to be. Yes, visually very enjoyable. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah. Yes. V- visually stunning for sure, but it's just. Like all the way through the movie, I'm like, okay, something's about to take off. Something's about to take off. Never does. I'm like, okay, the third movie's going to take off. 
yeah. Uh, I did. I did point out like before the movie came out, I pointed out to Katrina that like it's funny because the first one really leans into like Native American tribes, and the sequel really leans into like the Maori tribes and what they dealt with with uh, with people coming into uh, you know like the Hawaiian Islands of and all of and and that kind of stuff uh-huh. and it i mean that's basically what it was uh so yep. the tribes disappeared in the middle of the battle and no one can figure out why the film was good but it didn't make sense uh he, uh that yes but also uh <laughs> changing gears just a tad just a, a skosh uh black panther 2 wakanda forever when they're all on that giant uh carrier ship yeah. or whatever and it's like all of Wakanda, right? And then it switches to like some aerial fight scenes, whatever. There's some stuff in the water. There's some stuff with uh, um, all that stuff. And then they switch back, and there's like 10 Wakandans on the carrier. On Where the hell did the rest of Wakanda go? The whole nation was there. Well, maybe they, <laughs> like, either, either A, they were killed, or B, they went down inside the ship. I, I don't like that's why <laughs> like, yeah. save yourself us 10 will fight everyone go hey, that was a good movie I'm like, I'm I, it was a great movie that's just one one point in the movie where I was just like yeah where the hell did everybody go <laughs> uh, Billy says there's actually a, a there should be a mockumentary planet Pandora that would be fun I think that would be fun uh, if, if uh, Avatar 3 is another just people swimming around in the ocean and playing with dolphins and shit. I don't know. I mean, I can't believe this movie surpassed Titanic for all time earnings. Yeah. The only thing I can account that to is inflation, but don't they like, don't they take inflation into account in those things? Don't they like, I think they do. Yeah. It's just weird. I can't, I can't believe that. It makes sense uh, to keep track of that throughout all the years. Yeah. I just, I can't believe that this movie has surpassed like Endgame, Titanic, like, it's okay, but it's not that good, you know? Right. It just isn't. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next <laughs> on the list, we got Jason Momoa. Okay. So Jason Momoa is going to leave the DC family to go to another family. The only family <laughs> that matters, Vin Diesel's family. So Jason yeah. Momoa is, is rumored to be leaving Aquaman, leaving that character. He's done with that character because he says the sequel is so subpar quality, and the screenings are reporting that it's awful. And they're, they're saying that he's going to move forward to just being Lobo. Uh, but after this, he's done being Aquaman. So, um, yeah. But we also see in theaters now, you know, we're getting to see him be Vin Diesel's new rival, trying to kill all of his family. You know, the bad thing about having a big family, you don't know which one you can save. You know, Jason Momoa's lines are just so amazing and on point in that trailer. Like, it's probably going to be the best movie of the century. I, I mean, you know, the realism of the, the car jumping off with the helicopters and smashing them together. I mean... Man, it don't get more realistic than that. Are they gonna add aliens at some point, dude? I'm I'm seriously waiting for the crossover of Fast and the Furious versus the Avengers. It's going yeah. to happen. They are superheroes with superpowers now. Like, or maybe like Fast versus a- AVP. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't know, dude. Like, where's it gonna go next? Are they? They've got to go into space, right? The next one's supposed to be the last one? That, like the one that's coming out with Jason Momoa or the one after that? The one after that. Okay. Uh, Heather is saying that after this one, the next one is supposed to be the last one. That's what they said eight movies ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they got to do it for Paul Walker, man. 
just gotta keep them going. Oh my god! <laughs> I bet, and like I know these, they're awful. They're so bad, and we, I make fun of them hardcore. But when it comes out, I'll go see it one, at least once. But that's one movie I, I will say: Fast and Furious. I'll see it when it first comes out, but I'll never watch it again after that. <laughs> the fast movies are what happens in a kid's head when they play with cars. That's, that's exactly what. No, that's exactly right. Yeah. That, that is exactly right. <laughs> yeah, because you start out with a decent story, and then it just devolves into like shit coming in from everywhere. Yeah. And the next thing you know, your car you're rolling with. Oh yeah, it does have rocket boosters. You know, yeah, all kinds of things. Yes. Yeah, I, 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 I just, I don't know where else they're gonna go with the plot. Like, what like they've had super soldiers, you know, they've been supercars, super. They've done some flying too. Like, yeah, they've they, added like helicopters, planes. Have they not like, like actually went into space one time? Yeah, they, didn't they actually strap a car onto a rocket ship and went? Into Heather, space? get on the mic if you're gonna talk. <laughs> yes, they did go into space. They I thought the they satellite did. Satellite out. Right, exactly. So now <laughs> the next one is going to be them finding Atlantis. They're going to fight Namor. And the Talacons. <laughs> you know, it's going to be Van Diesel and family versus Talacons. <laughs> you know, I might watch it when it's on streaming. I've, I've never paid to sit in a theater and see a, uh, a fast movie, I think, since Tokyo Drift. And I like Tokyo Drift Tokyo is my Drift. favorite yeah. of all of them. I like Lucas and, and that's and I not... love... Uh, uh... Wow. Uh, he, di- he dies in it. Yeah, but, but he, he back alive. <laughs> uh, then he comes back for all of the fast movies oh after God, that. I him, um, you know. What is his name? Han. Han. Yes. Han. Yeah. yeah. Han and Lucas yes. Black are my two favorite, actually. Thank you, Martha. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think Tokyo Drift is the too. best too. Although I will say that is not a a a widely held opinion on the fast films a lot of people hate tokyo i love it man i yeah. love it you got you got your old alabama southern boys accent in tokyo he goes running through all those ha- houses <laughs> oh well <laughs> yeah oh, uh let's see uh a supernatural fast and the furious don races against his inner demons. <laughs> <laughs> oh we got saturday night nerds in the comments maybe one where his dad comes back Oh man, yeah, Cameron Deontay. Deontay, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Uh, Deontay, next uh, or this coming Saturday, I will be on Saturday Night Nerds with the rest of the guys uh, talking about uh, Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Tokyo Trip is great, favorite mine specified though. That's a respectable opinion. That's before they got really crazy, so yeah, they got crazy about what seven, I think six or seven, which eight, right? Eight is where it goes off the is eight where they like drive off the top Rails. of the building in like Dubai? I don't know, dude. I haven't again. I haven't seen one since I think I think Tokyo Drift's the last one I actually watched, and everything after that. I, um, hey, Emperor this is Emperor Will, Will just so you'll know. What, yeah, <laughs> what up, Will? Um, yeah, uh, that's crazy. The uh, what's uh, the Nerd King and the uh, uh, Emperor Will will be yeah. on the same show. Um, Two hierarchies. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, dude, uh, fast furious seven is Dubai. Thank you, Cameron. I appreciate that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that one, that, that is the crazy one. Cause they just go right off the top of that building or whatever. And then it like swings around <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> but, Jesse's comment. It'd be crazy if the twist was that Jason Momoa was actually Aquaman and they drag off fast and furious into DC. <laughs> 
It might be the only way to save the DCEU. It may be. With it family. May be. Family's the only thing that can save the DCEU. <laughs> well, you know, they mentioned it in Shazam, too. Uh, uh, in this is true. That, this is what they're leading up to. Yeah. That's it's it, a, right it's we called it right here. The most ambitious crossover of all time <laughs> since uh, into the uh, or, uh, No Way Home. The most ambitious and the most anticipated. <laughs> Dom must be stopped. You get in way too OP. Yeah, dude. Uh, you know, and 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 then we've got the spinoffs. You know, with the uh, the Rock and uh, Jason Statham, and and now they're back in the Fast and the Furious, and they're all working together. And now John Cena, John Cena has joined. You know, the crew. I, I love how every man, single is. villain turns out to be uh, helping them on the next movie. Like yeah, literally and- every single villain is like, our family's so good that you know. <laughs> We just welcome you in. We turn you good because our family. It's good. it's like a live action anime, you know. <laughs> Every season, the villain from the last season joins the hero team. That's exactly how anime works. Really? Jeez. Uh, we want to keep going with this. You want? You want no, to I think we're good. Let's move on. <laughs> we could probably do these jokes like all night long. Yeah, as much as uh, as much as I love ripping on the Fast series, uh, I don't want to <laughs> devote our whole show to it. Yeah. All right. So uh, last but not least, we have on the room reel, uh, John Favreau. He uh, made, gave us an update on Mando season four. He said it's completely done being written. So yeah. you can stop and burp and then talk. Sorry. You don't have to do them at the same time. I did not mean to do that. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I, I, who doesn't want more Mandalorian? Uh, yeah, I, I would have never I would never, ever thought in a million years that whenever uh, they decided to bring a Star Wars series out with a Mandalorian in it, that it wouldn't be Boba Fett and that it would be incredible. Yeah. And that then when they would come out with a Boba Fett series, that it would pale in comparison to the series that was not Boba Fett. <laughs> but it's still not awful. It's just no comparison at all. Like, no, no. comparison at all. But. Felt but you know boring. why? It's because I, I hate to say not a real Mandalorian. was just boring. He's not a real Mandalorian. He, oh my god! But he but is. He is a real Mandalorian. I well, Star Wars canon is kind of all over the place with that. But he, I think, officially, according to Dave Filoni, who gets to say yay or nay, is an is an actual Mandalorian. Dave Filoni don't know what he's talking about. So <laughs> Dave Filoni is the only one that knows what's happening in Star Wars. <laughs> That's it. If you're, if Dave Filoni is like, uh, yeah, it turns out Darth Vader. Like Dave Filoni. <laughs> Dave Filoni. Uh, you know, if he's it's like, turn, turns out Darth Vader actually lived and he's been uh, on Tatooine living a quiet life with, you know, and it's like, you can't, what are you going to do? Like, Dave Filoni right. said it. It's got to be canon. <laughs> so, uh, yes, that's the last of our rumors right there. Yeah. Talking to, uh, have these rumors uh oh yeah we've we just milked the fuck out of these rumors that's what we did (laughs) (laughs) this is one f-bomb these are one f-bomb sorry i I know i didn't give you a heads up it just came out of nowhere it's perfect it was awesome Uh, (laughs) i I figure like well i just screwed up the ending might as well make it you know epic (laughs) yeah So fantastic. So um, just like I'm resurrecting the show now, let's talk about our top five uh, zombie characters.
Top so, five. So I feel like we probably should have segued into talking about one of the other series that we're going to be doing, but I guess we'll pack that all into the end. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I messed that up. That's on me. Uh, but this week for we can talk about it. yeah, yeah, we'll just fill the rest of the show with it. So after uh, this week for top five, we are doing top five characters from a zombie property. So this can be a zombie video game, comic book, uh, movie. Uh, fanfic series that you saw on the internet, you know, creepy pasta, whatever, you know, just uh, whatever floats your boat, my guy. Blake, would you like to kick us off with your number five? Number five, the Twinkie King himself, Tallahassee, Woody Harrelson from Zombieland. Any yeah. day, any day, that could be my partner in the apocalypse, and I would be okay with that. And, and oddly enough, uh, uh, one of the guys that we work with today uh, tallied up how many days it's been since uh, uh, Dale Earnhardt passed away. And it was like 3,859 days. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, Tallahassee, uh, huge Dale Earnhardt fan, sprays, spray paints a three on every vehicle he drives. Uh, so, I, you know. I missed that conversation today. <laughs> Yeah, so on the uh, on the board we have at work that tallies how many days it's been since someone has defecated themselves. Um, <laughs> he added that as a, a a bonus. Man, Jesus! Yes. Fun fact of the day. <laughs> yeah, fun fact of the day. So Tallahassee uh, on the board. Are we still keeping like a three eights on there? Yes. Yeah, we're we're keeping the three eights on there. Uh, but the um uh. That character, Zombieland is so fun, dude. Like, that's like the most fun zombie movie of all it time. Uh, well, no, I take that back. Shaun of the Dead is the most fun zombie movie of all time. But that's like a, a, a close second. Yeah. Well, Zombieland, I can watch it. It never gets old. Like, if it's on, I'm not going to turn it off. Yeah, it was yeah. Off. So, yeah. It's, like, it's even, it even, like, opens. It even opens with. Uh, uh, wait, which Metallica song does it open with? I was going to say For Whom the Bell Tolls. Is that correct? I don't remember. All right. Okay, anyway. Heather, what do we have in chat? Shivam Patel's number five is reborn Jason Todd. Yes, so I would say that uh, Jason Todd coming back from the dead counts as a zombie-ish character. He doesn't have a, a craving for brains, but he does have a craving for justice. Nice. Blake, are you at all familiar with the Red Hood Jason Todd character? Yes, only because the uh, only thing I'm familiar with is actually you got me to watch uh, HBO series. Oh, Titans. Titans, yeah. So that, yes. that was my, my first uh, familiarization. Of that was a decent representation of Jason. Not a good representation, but a decent one. Right. Deontay Lifter's number five is Sean from Shot on the Dead. Again, yeah, just like I, I mentioned, dude, Sean is uh, one of the most fun zombie oh, that fighters. Pegg? Yeah, it's Simon Pegg yeah. and Nick Frost. And uh, he tells you exactly how the whole movie is going to go down at the very start of the film and then proceeds to live through um, the day exactly the way he described it. <laughs> I'll, I'll help you out. Okay. Billy Rhodes number five is whatever that says. The actual Wa Dambala of the Haitian voodoo religion. 
Okay. Considered patient and benevolent, but disconnected from humanity, thus may seem uncaring. I believe that what Billy is referring to, oh, sometimes created for the creation of actual zombies in the religion, and has been referred to as zombie before, also responsible for putting Chucky in the doll in the Child's Play movies. Uh, yes. Uh, and, and, and I believe that is the, the zombie religion um, that um, it, it's like the one instance of like real zombies that kind of has never been scientifically proven, but they have like evidence of it where they brought a person back from the dead and they just kind of like stay quiet and off to themselves kind of situation. It's a, a voodoo religion. Yeah. Katrina's number five is Nazi zombies from call of the duty three call of the duty three. Yes. Call of the duty. Call of, the duty. <laughs> uh, call of duty black ops three. Uh, yeah, dude, we play Nazi zombies. We just like hang out and like blow them away in our, uh, the fun of, uh, of our living room. Uh, dude, that's such a fun game. So like, she likes Nazis. Cool, 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 cool. Well, I mean, you can take the girl out of Cuba. You can't take Cuba out of the girl, but she, uh, yeah. Uh, but that is like when call of duty was like, you know, what's fun. Uh, you know, team shooting people, blah, blah, blah. But you know what would be more fun is if we just added zombies to one of our games. And hell yeah, dude. That's like the most fun version of Call of Duty. Yeah. Duty, at least to me. <laughs> she, she didn't like that, I guess. <laughs> uh, well, is that it for chat? Uh, all right. My number five uh, is a character pretty well known throughout Western culture. It is Jesus Christ. Uh, died and was resurrected Resurrected three days later, came out of his tomb uh, uh, to be celebrated every Easter. You know, the original zombie. Uh, for sure. Blake, do you do you have anything you want to say about that? I'm not even touching that. Uh, dude, we celebrate Happy Zombie Jesus Day at least once a year. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Blake, what's your number four? Number four? <laughs> oh, hit us, hit us with that late arrival. Cameron Rhodes, number five, is Abraham. Ah, uh, yes, Abraham. Oh, yeah, Abraham. For sure. Uh, Walking Dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. yeah. Poor, poor Abraham. Uh, he, was, he was the one killed by Negan uh, before Glenn on the series, as opposed to in the comics where it was just Glenn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, see. All right, my number four, Zombie Strange. So, I think Zombie Strange... Uh, from what if, I mean, you can't really, if you don't want to miss a zombie strange, for one, he still knows how to sit there and work his magic as well as coming after you, you know, wanting your brains and eating, eating you. So, like, you know, you would think that, you know, most zombies are just kind of lifeless and it's just one thing they can do is just chase you, try to kill you. But, I mean, you got zombies that can still work that magic. Oh, man, you're screwed. Open yeah. Open up portals and everything else. Yeah, he was kind of a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, what it was... Uh, Zombie uh, Strange 2 in a Multiverse of Madness, if you yes. want to see. <laughs> Got him that a couple actually, of times. Yeah, that was actually kind of cool. Yeah, as far as zombie characters go, uh, the Sorcerer Supreme, probably not the one you want chasing you down the street. No. For sure. The pop a pour open right out in front of you. Yeah. That'd probably be the, the last standing zombie that would make it out of any character. All right, Landon, what do we have in chat? Space Boy Times number four is the zombies from Plants vs. Zombies. Uh, I think that's a weird choice for like your favorite, but you know, I can't tell you what your opinions are. But those are the most aggravating zombies of all time, especially yeah. when you're losing. They're yeah. polite. They tell you when they're going to attack your house. That's true. <laughs> that's true. They do give you some warning. 
Although honestly, if a zombie ever sneaks up on you, it's like the like that doesn't really make sense uh, because they're like, and in like the post apocalypse, there's not a lot of like traffic or noise or like city sounds. Like you should always know there are zombies coming from like a mile away. Yeah, they're they're never quiet. But you know, it wouldn't be fun. You know, if, if people weren't being chased. Cameron Rhodes, number four, is Zombie Wanda Maximoff. Uh, yeah, that was the, the true terrifying yeah, zombie. The Nexus being yeah. zombie. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, once she jumps realities or whatever, and, and a, a zombie that can manipulate reality, that's truly terrifying. Yeah. You know, because craving is just brains, uh, and, and they're just trying to get to your brain, and you're just trying to get away. They could just remove your brain yeah. and bring it to them. Man, and you're... You're screwed. Without, without that being brought up, can't help but bring up the what if deal where Vision's like literally feeding her to you know keep her alive. Yeah, like, and that's wild. Like I did not. I remember watching that the first time. Never expected that cartoon to you know go that dark or that route. What is grief if not love persevering? Yeah, that that brings that to a whole. That brings <laughs> that to a whole like another grief. level right there. <laughs> Man, yeah, I'm super excited. Not trying to get up on tangent. But the freaking uh, what are the Marvel zombies? That's going to be rated mature. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm super pumped for that. And I I would assume that's not going to take place in that what if reality. That it's going to be an entirely different. Yeah. Uh, like kicking kicking off from probably the original Marvel Zombies comic, uh, spinning out of the uh, the Ultimate Comics line. Gotcha. Either way, I don't care. I'm ready for it. All right. Shivan Patel's. Number four is number nine, Land of the Dead, or Merle Dixon, The Walking Dead. I've met Merle Dixon. Yeah, pictures he, with him. Yeah, I've uh, I've been in the audience uh, for interviews with him. Yep. Number nine from Land of the Dead. Uh, that is. Well, Land of the Dead is a zombie film, but I haven't seen it, uh, so I don't know what character that is. I apologize, Shivam. You can tell me all about it tomorrow. <laughs> You're not the trillist if you don't know number nine. Yeah, that's true. I got to be more trill. <laughs> Emperor Wills, number four, is Dave Baptista from Army of the Dead. Yeah. Yes, he was. Uh, so he's the leader of like the zombie rebellion in that, right? Not sure. Because uh, I haven't seen Army of the Dead. I apologize, Will. I've not seen it. But I know that Dave Bautista is like the leader of the, the group that's fighting the zombies, if I remember correctly. Katrina Stewart's number four is I Am Legend of Zombies. Interesting oh, choice. That is an interesting choice. And here's why. The, the book um, that that is based on, uh, they're vampires. Oh, really? Yes. Interesting. And, and so that's why they're not like specifically zombies in the movie mm-hmm. because uh, they still have their uh, weakness to light uh-huh. um, and then they will attack people and rip them apart or whatever. But they're um, in the book. They're vampires. Huh. Interesting. Those and are pretty Millennium Man, I believe, is the, the book that it is that I Am Legend is based off of. Something like that. They're pretty wicked in that movie, though. Man. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then. Awesome. So the the actual book ends with the vampires establishing a society and um, curing the vampirism. 
and then the character has no place in their world because they're all civil and patient and loving and he's still this ultra violent person that was killing them um and so they did kind of leave an easter egg for that in the movie and it was in a scene they deleted mm-hmm. but he kidnaps the girl uh zombie and is doing tests on her and they break in and at the end and instead of like killing him or anything they just take the girl and turn around and leave and they were literally just trying to get her back because the she was part of their their family oh wow yeah that's wild there's rumors they're making a second one oh interesting uh, I'm, I'm here for it i'm okay with that all right billy rhodes number four is live more of i zombie I liked the comic, and the first season of the show was really good. Then, like all those CW shows, its budget got slashed, and it suffered a lot from flanderization. <laughs> I seen the first season. Sexy I Flanders. I, I enjoyed the first season as well. Uh, I didn't watch it past it, so I can't like talk about the others. But the first season was actually pretty good. I remember being really caught off guard at how quickly it went from being a comic book to a TV show. Like it felt like the first like run of the comic, maybe like the first twelve issues were out, and the TV show was airing. Like the turnaround on it was incredibly fast. Yeah, how, how long ago did that come out? Was it like seven years ago? Yeah, it was. It came uh, out around the time that Arrow started. It was. Yeah, sure. And and uh, then I think right right when that whole Berlanti verse was kicking off. Yeah. Deontay Lifters number four is Night King of the White Walkers. Not familiar with that. Game of Thrones. The Night King. Have you not watched Game of Thrones? Bro, we've talked about this before. Like, I have no problem watching it. I just don't have time. I haven't had time to watch it. So I've only seen like the first three episodes of Game of Thrones. That's it. Okay. The Night King's a badass. Uh he's uh, you know, he's the leader of the the White Walkers. They're like ice zombies. Um, and he's, you know, up until white with the blue eyes. Yeah. Up until his destruction at the end of the series, he uh he was really cool. Um, you know, killed and resurrected or resurrected a dead dragon and gave it ice powers and all sorts oh, wow. of shit, man. He's well, awesome. Well, I think that's it in chat. Yeah, that's it in chat. That's it in chat. All right. My number four from Transformers Generation One, uh, season two is Zombie Optimus Prime. So whenever they killed Optimus Prime off in the original Transformers movie, uh, there was a rash of children who just lost their ever-loving minds, uh, threatening to kill themselves, going hunger strikes, freaking out, very upset that Optimus Prime had been killed off from the Transformers series. So to make up for it, the showrunners for Transformers brought him back in season two as a zombie, and then they killed him a second time. So if you ever see images of a gray Optimus Prime, I believe he has blue eyes, um, or maybe they're red. I think they're red eyes. Um, that is the zombie ver- version of Optimus Prime, uh, and and probably one of the biggest missteps of uh, a show in, in history, uh, but also gives us this great moment for yeah. sure. Blake, what do you have for your number three? Uh, number three is uh, Maggie from The Walking Dead. A good old farm girl. She you know, she she knows how to survive. We got uh, her her dad was Herschel. Uh, love love. I don't know, I'm a, I'm a big Walking Dead fan. And like when it first came out, I was here for it like all, every bit of it. So uh, yeah, Maggie from The Walking Dead, which also was uh, the wife of Glenn, uh, Gary Glenn's child. 
Yes. She went through a lot, man. She went through a lot. Well, she, she's she's tough, man. So yeah, the total badass in the comics too. Uh, Maggie sticks around a very long time in the comics. I actually think she makes it to the end of the series. Um, and then also that same actress was on Supernatural. Uh, oh, she was cool. a demon, right? She was like a she demon. I'm only in like season seven. Okay, never mind. I believe she was in it, but anyway, oh. uh, yes, Maggie is awesome. Uh, we got our number four threes up in chat yet. We got one. Okay. Billy Rhodes, number oh, three. Oh, this is uh, Heather's turn, dude. Get off the mic. <laughs> Billy's number three is Raul the Ghoul from Fallout, New Vegas. Voiced by Danny Trejo, he was a potential companion. While technically not a zombie, ghouls in the Fallout universe are certainly modeled after them. Uh, yeah, dude. And and so I'm assuming this is like an irradiated, like, mutant kind of situation. He uh, He's... Ghouls are are people who have been irradiated but they essentially their body turns into zombie like and they do not age anymore oh huh. cool i mean other than the like decrepit zombie body that sounds awful <laughs> what else we got in chat shivan patel's number three is solomon grundy dc universe yes the swamp zombie um Originally a villain, the, the the biggest villain for the Alan Scott Green Lantern. Do you know why, Blake? I do not. Because Alan Scott's weakness, the only thing his ring could not manipulate was wood. And uh, Solomon Grundy's whole body was made out of driftwood, so he couldn't do anything uh, against him. Yeah. Uh, all right. Solomon Grundy most often draws comparison to the, uh, the Hulk in uh, Marvel Comics. But uh, yeah, initially a villain, uh, an enemy of uh, the Green Lantern, and then later, much, much more commonly a villain for uh, Batman. Hey, is that one that we missed right, like right above it, Cameron's Hunter Bella Talbot? I believe uh, that that is the character that she, that Maggie Maggie oh. plays in gotcha. uh, Supernatural. Gotcha, gotcha. Space Boy Times number three is Emily from The Corpse Bride. Dude, yeah. Yeah, uh, Emily was voiced by, uh, um, God, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, doesn't matter. Uh, but yes, The Corpse Bride, great, great, uh, great fun little movie uh, by Tim Burton. Uh, Helena Bonham Carter, I believe, voices uh, Emily. Um, but yeah, dude, I love I love Corpse Bride. Yeah, another Solomon Grundy in there. Yeah, Cameron Amy Rhodes, number three. Is also Solomon Grundy. Yes, Solomon Grundy, born on a Monday, as christened well on a Stark and Dante no. Lifters, number three. <laughs> Solomon Grundy, born on a Monday, christened on a Stark and Stormy Tuesday, wed on a Wheat and Weary Wednesday, died on a. I can't remember the last two. Katrina's number three is Left for Dead Zombies. Left for Dead's a fun game. That is a fun ass game for sure. They're they're kind of your basic like run of the mill like running zombies though, but yeah they're fun. Is that everybody's number threes? All right, my number two or my number three is uh probably one of the best characters from a zombie film of all time. He's in my top five for sure. Uh, Bill F. and Murray <laughs> from Zombieland. Uh, he didn't have uh, a long time in the film, but he did have a no. good time. Uh, he didn't have to be a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true he uh you know uh did did not survive the film and uh has that 
great line where they like touch his wound and he's like, yeah, that's still kind of, that's still kind of sore <laughs> or whatever. I don't remember what the exact line is, but it's so funny. Uh, and, and I remember like, I read an article that like the, they didn't think they were going to get Bill Murray in the movie and the, uh, director was friends with a friend with Bill Murray and he asked him and he like called him one day and was like, Hey, you want to be in this movie? And he's like, what's it about? And he like told him and he was like, yeah, I'll do it. Just showed up, did his, did his scenes and left. Like, I don't even think he got paid for it. He just did it for funsies. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Blake, what's your number two? Oh, my number two, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Negan. I freaking like, I didn't read the comics, but man, Jeffrey Dean Morgan literally made that character in that show. Like literally had some of the best one-liners ever. Uh, I still to this day love repeating different stuff that he sits there and says or comes across. But uh, man, yeah, Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Lucille. Yeah, I mean, and the great thing about Jeffrey Dean Morgan being cast as Negan is he was fan cast as Negan, but also Jeffrey Dean Morgan is a huge fan of the Walking Dead comics and yeah. Negan, and yeah. so he got the call um, with an offer to play the character, but they did, they wouldn't tell him who the character was. And he was like, they were like, we've got some interest in you playing a character in The Walking Dead, and we can't tell you who it is. And he was like, no, fuck you. I know it's Negan. I'll fucking take it. Just tell him, tell him I'll do it. I love that line where he's like, sucks, don't it? That moment when you realize you don't know shit. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that's a line right out of the comic, too. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, man. But yes. Yeah, he, he nailed that character. Seriously, yeah. Definitely would want him on my side in Apocalypse, too. Yes. Landon, what do we have in the comments? Billy Rhodes, number two, is that zombie that bit the shark in Zombie. It was an unofficial sequel to Romero's Dawn of the Dead, sometimes marketed as Zombie or Zombie 2. It was left ambiguous if the shark ever turned or not. You, you got me on that one. I don't I, know this. I, I have not seen that at all. I mean, I've watched Dawn of the Dead, but I've not watched yeah. the official sequel. Well, the, um, Ramiro's also made two Dawn of the Deads. He did the original, and then he did um, a, a, a remake years later, uh, an updated one. So was Zombie an unofficial sequel to the original Dawn of the Dead or to the remake? Hmm. Uh, and feel free to just throw that in the comments, Billy, because I'm just curious. Deontay Lifters, number two, is the OG monster from the 1910 Frankenstein. Ah, yes, Frankenstein's monster. Uh, Boris Karloff uh, famously played Frankenstein in the film. Uh, and it, 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 it's, you know, you don't hear people refer to Frankenstein's monster as a zombie very often. But he definitely is. He's a reanimated dead body. You don't want to weigh in on that, Blake? Yes. No, satisfied I mean, with that i mean no <laughs> i mean i don't i don't i mean I, I love frankenstein always have loved frankenstein yeah. uh remember actually you, you can laugh and it's kind of comical or whatever but uh one of my favorite frankenstein characters is from uh you the van to tell me when i can and cannot laugh the the, van, the yeah. van movie uh I, I like the frankenstein on there that they put together Fra and he was able to frankenstein's monster movie. frankenstein's monster from monster squad pretty good too and then uh, probably my favorite Frankenstein novel outside of Mary Shelley's original Frankenstein mm. is Frankenstein's Aunt. Mm. I don't know if you've ever read that, but that is a fun little romp through the Frankenstein universe for sure. 
That's uh, Billy's. Uh... Yeah. So it was a, a an indirect sequel to the original Dawn of the Dead. It was a fun. It, it was an Italian fun, like a spaghetti western. Romero's Dawn was marketed as zombie there. Oh, fun. Hmm. All right. Even Patel's number two is Jason Voorhees, Friday the 13th. <laughs> Again, a character not classically known as a zombie, but definitely a reanimated dead body, for sure. Emperor Will's number two is Zombie Superman from Deceased. Okay, so you're talking about scary zombies, and and Doctor Strange and Wanda are definitely on the list, but holy shit, a zombie Superman? My God. Man, yeah. (laughs) I I didn't even know about that. That's crazy. Yeah, so it's it's DC's version of the Marvel Zombies. They have a, a storyline called DC's that takes place after the Blackest Night That's story, a, it's a clever play uh, but it's a world where yeah, it's a world where they 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 actually succeeded in the Blackest Night storyline, and then all of the superheroes ended up being zombies. Hmm. Yeah, Katrina Stewart's number two is a bit of a stretch, but Captain Jack Harkness. That is definitely a stretch, my love. <laughs> but he just like Jesus died and was resurrected uh to live again and then live for almost forever uh so yeah uh that's a character if you're not familiar this is a character from the doctor who universe uh captain jack harkness he gets commanded to live as he dies and uh and uh he can't shut it off he just lives and lives and lives and lives no matter what happens to him space boy times number two is shelia or shelia from Saint Probably Sheila. 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 Yeah. Sheila from Saint Santa Clarita. Clarita Diet. That was actually a pretty pretty funny show. Drew Barrymore is iconic. Uh and, and yeah, uh did they ever finish that series? I don't know. I've only seen I think most of the first season. I feel like it's one of those that that never made it to the end that like suffered the That was a Netflix series, wasn't the, it? Yeah. Uh, the Netflix three seasons and a cancellation, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't think they ever wrapped that. Cameron Rhodes, number two, is Raish Al Ghul. We got to count it. If we're counting Jason Todd, we got to count Raish Al Ghul. That mother has died and been resurrected more times <laughs> than than anyone, including Jesus uh, and the demon himself, Raish Al Ghul. <laughs> uh, and also an incredible Batman villain. Just so good. Uh, thank you, Cameron. Yes, three seasons only. Uh, Santa Clarita Diet got canceled. My, we're on number twos, right? My number two, uh, a little known character from a game. It's, uh, it's kind of one of those like niche games that like people don't really talk about much, but it's uh, Resident Evil Two, uh, and it's the villain Nemesis, uh, the giant, crazy uh, rocket launcher wielding uh, or bazooka wielding uh, zombie uh, that is an unstoppable wrecking force and absolutely terrifies you the entire the entire game. You can't get away from him. Uh, and, uh, dude, Nemesis is so cool. Nemesis is so cool that he made it into the original Resident Evil movie, and he made it into Marvel vs. Capcom as one of my favorite playable characters in Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Resident Evil. Yeah, you're right. Never heard of that. <laughs> yeah, they've done, a, they've done a few things here and there. It's been around for a minute. It was like a what, what, or just a two-movie run, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, they just made the two movies. Uh, Mila Jovovic, Jovovic was just very busy and couldn't hang around for any more films after that. Definitely, definitely didn't make seven or eight of them. For that, 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 that just got progressively worse. Very similar to the Fast and the Furious films. 
It, it had that famous what Rabbit City or something. Uh, <laughs> uh, raccoon. No, uh, yeah. Yeah, Raccoon City. Yeah. The Umbrella Corporation. Yeah. Don't forget the reboot. You're not wrong. Can't forget the reboot. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love a good reboot? Blake. Yeah. Are you ready to give us your number? Your number one, please. You say my number one? Yeah, could you give me your number one? Okay. Yeah, uh, Walking Dead, once again, good old Daryl Dixon, Norman Reedus. He uh, just – go on. I'm sorry. No, 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 you're good. Uh, best guy, so as me, the character on the whole show, uh, yeah, drove a motorcycle, used crossbow. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Rick, Rick Grimes, number one. But uh, yeah, I don't know. love Daryl Dixon, man. Yeah, I love Norman Reedus, like between uh, that and Boondock Saints. I, I love it, love his two, those two characters. I what can you say? Uh, Daryl Dixon is a character that does not exist in the the Walking Dead comics. It's, it's never, the only thing that they were missing. He's he's never introduced from beginning of the series to the end, right? And he was just for the TV series, and he was not meant to stick around at all. <laughs> Became a fan favorite. Yes. Uh, became a huge fan favorite that they basically renamed the show to The Walking Dixon. Uh, <laughs> and just shows what a man with a crossbow can do in the zombie apocalypse, you know? What amazes me is how how he always has an arrow to shoot. <laughs> like, That's I know he true goes through too. and gets them and everything, but my God. At me, season C went through. It's like wow. Yes, Daryl Dixon. I think I think Daryl's whole shtick was pretty played out after the first couple of seasons with him in it. But you know what? If if it works, you just keep keep doing it. Just keep grinding. You know that's how TV shows work. You know it worked for me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Heather, what do we have in chat? Katrina Stewart and Deontay Lifters number one is zombie Michael Jackson from the thriller. <laughs> so I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think that is the first time that a pop culture zombie was brought into the the mainstream culture. Um, and thriller is incredible. Um, yeah. And the song thriller is not anything about what the yeah, music, music video, video about. for Thriller yeah, is about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it it's still it, talked about to this day. And who, who doesn't love the Thriller dance? Yes. Show of hands of people who don't love the Thriller dance. That's what I thought. Um, yes, dude. Uh, thriller is incredible. And uh, Vincent Price does the voiceover for the beginning and the end. Dude, yeah. like everything about that was just so good. Uh, but yeah, dude, absolutely. Cameron Rhodes' number one is Claire Redfield. Again, Resident Evil, Claire Redfield. Uh, Resident Evil 2, I believe, was when she was introduced. Uh, but yeah, uh, she rocks a black leather miniskirt like nobody's business. <laughs> Shivam Patel's number one is Black Flash, DC Universe. Shivam, you can just say Flash, dude. 
Yeah, why does it gotta be black? <laughs> but no, absolutely. Uh, black Flash is uh, uh, he's Barry. And correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, but I believe that the Black Flash was Barry's ghost from whenever he disappeared into the uh, the Speed Force, uh, coming back uh, or- originally, I think, until they rescued him. He was like haunting the other flashes. By the Billy way, really... go ahead. Go no, ahead. No, you're good. No, no, no. It's not... Go ahead. You're really what, Blake? No, it it had nothing to do with what we're talking about. So cool, please cool, go cool, ahead. Cool, cool. Yeah. Billy Rhodes' number one is the hot wife the neighbor had in Fido, because you know reasons, or maybe Leon from Resident Evil. 4. <laughs> <laughs> uh, t- no judgment. No shame in your game. Uh, who doesn't love a hot wife? Uh, so testify, but also Leon, dude, Leon in Resident Evil, uh, Resident Evil Four, and then every Resident Evil game he's been in since then. Uh, but yeah, absolutely, one of the coolest Resident Evil characters. Space Boy Times number one is Hector Barbosa from Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> from the uh, first one, yes, yes, Barbosa, and all of the 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 Pirates of the Black Flag. From that yep. first movie, yeah, absolutely. I, I, that's my probably my favorite pirate on there besides Sparrow is, is Barbosa. Yes, and then whenever he shows up alive and well in the yeah. sequel, and you're like, "What the hell yeah, happened? Where the hell did, did he come from?" That. Yeah, can someone explain this, please? <laughs> Why is Barbosa alive? Whatever, dude. I'm in. Jeffrey Rush is incredible. He's a great actor. <laughs> he made those movies. Emperor Will's number one is Zombie Darkseid from the new 2023 Deceased. Again, nightmare scenario, a zombie Darkseid. No thank you. No thank you at all. Uh, I do have a question, Will. Did his Negabeam still work uh, as a zombie? Because that's even more scary. Is that everything on our number ones? Fantastic. So my number one is the number one greatest zombie character of all time ever. I will not take any comments or uh, arguments to the opposite. Uh, Hail to the king, baby. It is Ashley Williams from the Evil Dead series. The greatest character to ever fight a zombie ever. And a great Uh, actor. So incredible that he actually crossed over into the Marvel Zombies universe where he fought the Marvel Zombies as well. Uh, That guy has just been kicking dead-eyed ass all the way from the Dark Ages to the present, to the future. There's so many re- uh, Evil Dead games as well that that's remain canon to the Evil Dead series. Uh, it, it, it Just such a lasting legacy for that character. Uh, so uh, Katrina, give me some sugar, baby. And everyone else, uh, you're, you're all wrong. That's the number one greatest of all time. <laughs> hey, he did sell pizza balls too. <laughs> yeah, he pizza did. Pizza Papa. Yeah, nobody, nobody rips off Pizza Papa. <laughs> Pizza Papa always gets paid. (laughs) Hit yourself. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, so this has been our top five. Thank you for joining us. You know, if it's not awkward, it ain't me. Uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) Blake, you got any ideas for what you do next week? Oh, top five next week. Hmm. Shoot. 
No pressure. Think about it while we talk about one of the best movies of Marvel Phase 4. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, closes out Phase 4 of of uh, of the MCU. And uh, such a solid, solid movie. I give it, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, I give it an 8 out, 8 out of 10 on the scale. Yeah, I give it 4 out of 5 fire ants for how great it is. <laughs> Yeah, man, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, all these critic companies are pissing me off, like I see on social media. You get IGN talking about how it was a flop. You have uh, Rotten Tomatoes saying it's barely above Eternals. Uh, they rated Eternals as the worst Marvel movie. And I'm just like, where are the where are these people getting this from? Like, straight up, this is probably my favorite movie out of Phase 4. I mean, honestly, I, I liked it better than Multiverse of Madness. Multiverse of Madness was great. Don't get me wrong. I had nothing, you know, bad to say about that, really. Uh, but I'm going to at least say I enjoyed it equally, uh, if, if not slightly more. Because, man, Jonathan Majors nailed Kang. And then, I mean, he, he, he's, to me, the level he brought to Kang is like the level Robert Downey Jr. brought to Iron Man. Honestly, now that we've seen him on screen uh, play this level of his character, I don't. I couldn't really picture nobody else playing him. Uh, Martha Burden does not like Paul Rudd. You're one of the only people in all of existence to ever say that, Martha. And and I thought we were cool up until this moment just now. <laughs> <laughs> one of God's best blessings he put on this earth is Paul. Yeah. Rudd. Ah. Man. But I, uh. I, yeah. I would never tell somebody their opinion is wrong, except for in this one very specific instance. <laughs> uh, but, dude, yeah, uh, I, I, like, I don't trust reviews. And this no. is something that Deontay and I were talking about the other day. But it has become vogue in, in cinema, uh, like, reviews to shit on Marvel movies now. Yep. Like, that's the thing, you know? Yep. Like that's the new thing. Like Marvel just isn't that good, you know. It's, it's like, uh, uh, has anyone else done over a decade of cohesive cinema with actors of like A-list actors crossing over between each other's movies, playing characters from you know seventy years of comic history and maintaining the characters as they are and telling the stories that we want to see told on the big screen? No, nobody else has done that. Yeah. Man, is every one of them going to be incredible? No. Is every one of them part of it? Yeah. Is every comic story that ever comes out incredible? No. It, it, you know, you take the good with the bad when you're talking about comic books, and it's going to be the same with well, the MCU. How stupid these these critics and these companies are. I think ever since Endgame came out, obviously you don't want every movie to be that level. You want these movies, these story arcs, to build up to a finale of that level. You don't want to sit there and have finales. All, the rest of the rest of the franchise of the films, because then I mean, I don't know what, what's the buildup then, and, yeah. you know, and that's what we're going to get. We're going to get King Dynasty. We're going to get Secret Wars, and Secret Wars I feel like it's going to blow Endgame out of the water. And yes. but Marvel is doing what they know best, taking their time, building these stories, giving us the things that we the things that matter that we need. They're not rushing it like DC did, and has proven failure after failure after failure. I mean, it <laughs> works. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw that in there real quick. Yeah, you can. Uh, it's okay. But yeah, uh, man, I think I think it was great. Uh, I mean, I didn't see like you said. You know, after I watched it the second time of the three times I watched it, there was no pacing issues that you heard about. I didn't see no pacing issues. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was great. I, I do wonder. Like the only thing that I think there's like slightly a plot hole there about. It, maybe they'll address it. Maybe they won't. I don't know. 
But, you know, when it, the portal closes there at the end, and then all of a sudden, boom, the portal opens back up because of that telecommunicator or whatever that, you know, sends the signal down to the quantum realm. Didn't know that they could open portals, but, you know, or did they just, I don't know, or did they create some new technology from being down there that was able to open portals? That was never explained, so that was kind of like, hey, what's going on? And then, but uh, Modoc, <laughs> I mean, Modoc, I thought was good, how the shield came down. Like, you know, I told you, I felt like some yeah. of it was slightly a little too corny, but as you explained to me, you know, Modoc's supposed to be. Well, he wasn't oversaturated in the movie, really, with his corniness. So I'm okay with it, man. I, I'm happy with it. Sorry, I don't mean to keep talking so much, but you're go, fine, dude. Some of your thoughts and it's just the thing with Modoc is that while Modoc is a mental organism, a mechanical organism designed only for killing, uh, and obviously that has changed a lot in his history. It's meant a lot of different it's an things. It's an acronym. Yes, the acronym has meant a Modoc. lot of different things. Um, <laughs> at the same time, Modoc has always kind of been a joke. Like yeah. he's he's done some serious things in the comic books. He's done some scary things, but by and large, when Modoc shows up, it's like some goofy shit is about to go down. Yeah. And so for them to have in his and I, I'm assuming this isn't going to be his only outing in the MCU. I bet we see Modoc back because, like our top five, Modoc is mostly a zombie. Uh, he's a he's mostly a body floating around in some uh, mechanical stuff that just keeps right. bringing him back to life. Um, and uh, so I don't think that that's the end of us seeing Modoc in the MCU. He'll probably pop back up eventually. Um, but I think that he was played very close to what you get when you see Modoc in the comics. And, sure. uh, you know, uh, even with the in-jokes of, like, the Darren Cross character. Um, so that's that's kind of fun. Yeah, the fact that, Kang, <laughs> the fact that Kang built Modoc is, you know, very different from the comics. Uh, he was an AIM uh, creation originally. But... Uh, Modoc, I wasn't upset at all with the Modoc character. I thought that that was so fun. Like I, it, we waited so long to get Modoc in the MCU, and I think when we finally got him, it made sense. Yeah, it was fun. Darren Cross was kind of a dork in yeah. in his original outing. Like he he was supposed to be like the super serious like Fortune 500 guy, but the whole time he was just like a ridiculous comic book villain. Yeah, you know. Uh, so I think it fit with the Modoc character. Kang was incredible. Dude, Jonathan Majors made this film. Yeah, but so did Paul Rudd. Um, Paul Rudd's still bringing it, man. For real, the whole cast brought it. Yeah, I think Evangeline Lilly is maybe the only example of one that just did not do a lot in the film, but still, Wasp was cool. Oh yeah, her like she did some really cool shit. Yeah, well, I didn't really think about that. She she really didn't do a whole lot in the movie, did she? No, so. not really. Just kind of that one scene where they're in the diner. Yeah. Uh, but really, Janet Van Dyne steals more scenes than than Hope does. Uh, Hank, Hank Pym came back, uh, which is great because off. Janet is. And, and Hank is the scientist supreme of the Marvel Universe. Right. So uh, the fact that he could just do the turnaround and make portals show up based on the existing right. technology and the fact that it was already creating portals makes total sense. If you understand how quick Hank Pym is oh, Hank as far as a potty mouth this time, too. <laughs> yeah, there's that, too. Holy um, shit, that guy looks like broccoli. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll agree with Deontay. Uh, I love Evangeline Lilly, definitely. Uh, but I will agree with Deontay. Uh, Cassie's debut was incredibly was. well done. I did look over at Blake, and I was like, I bet one of the post-credit scenes is going to be the Young Avengers, just because of all the setup and the fact that she has like this kind of like gang of revolutionaries that she got arrested working alongside. I kind of thought that was going to end up being the Young Avengers. 
but that wasn't the case. If they uh, would have just listened to you when you pitched it to them, it would have been. Exactly. Exactly. I have the perfect pitch for a Superman story, and I just need someone somewhere to listen to it. Not going to do it right now, but I have a great elevator pitch for an incredible Superman story. Hey man, uh, that would what? Oh no, 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 I'm I'm just, I'm getting pumped just talking about it. Like I'm gonna go see it a fourth time. I think probably. Yeah. But uh, the the after credit uh scenes. Yes. And so like those those are phenomenal. We get Immortus. Uh oh, what's the Egyptian one? Uh. Ramatut. Ramatut. You know, it, I don't know what that third one was, though. It's the, uh, uh, what is it? The, uh, God damn it. Uh, is it the Crimson Guardian or okay. something like that? For, um, for, but for, yeah, dude. So, so there were so many people that thought that the Immortus character, Centurion, thank you. Um, there's so many people that thought that the Immortus character was he who remains and that because they killed that character off that we weren't going to get right. to see immortus yeah. in the mcu but then first post credit scene boom there's immortus yes, like, yes. holy shit and, and like i'm gonna be honest with you i you know when they talk about them i'm like oh cool they are going to talk you know we're going to get the council of kings eventually did not <laughs> expect them to be at the end of this movie because this is really our big king debut movie really and never in a million years i expect to get them three let alone a whole arena full of kings that they're freaking compiling up together. And then we, we get the second credit after credit scene, and my man Loki, Tom Hiddleston in there, like yeah. literally did not expect him to be in there. And it get me so pumped up because we're getting Loki season two this year. Uh. So Avengers 5, Kang Dynasty, is the Avengers versus that Council oh. of Kings. Okay. That's the Kang Dynasty. Yeah, That's that what it is right there. That makes sense. But also Kang the Conqueror, the Jonathan yeah. Majors. Well, they're all Jonathan Majors, but the <laughs> the, the Ant Man villain Kang the Conqueror yeah. is not gone. Oh, I bet he's he, not. He did not die at the end yeah. of that. He he portaled. He went somewhere. He's smaller. He's in another quantum realm. I mean, that what, version of Kang's the most used one. Ever it is. Yes, that Kang is not gone. Yeah, uh, we will see him again. I don't believe for a second that that version of Kang, the the uh, what do they call him, the Outcast, mm -hmm. is gone or the Banished One. I don't believe for a second that he's gone. I think he's coming back big, and I think the rest of the Kangs are going to really wish that they had not pissed him off. Yeah. Um, and I think that while I don't believe that the whole ass whooping he received from Ant Man was intentional, I think near the end. That was all kind of like a fake out to get him off of uh, off of Ant Man's radar. I do think it was a weird setup that Kang is like so incredibly overpowered and unstoppable, yeah. and then Hank Pym shows up with a bunch of ants, and all of a sudden he just lets them beat his ass. Well, here's the other thing too. You know, <clears throat> he pops back around later in, his, in, the, in the next scene. What happened to the ants? Like, did he just kill them all? Or I mean, because that was a shit ton of ants. Right. So, like, I don't know. They didn't really explain or show that as well. So that, that was the other little plot hole I was wondering about. But uh, also, remember when we're in Loki season one and you see the three statues, but there's a fourth one that's crumbled? I wonder yes. if that's some kind of tie-in of that crumbled one being the banished one. And then we have the other three kings that were there. So if that's some kind of tie-in with, with those kings. It shouldn't be uh, because the He Who Remains uh, Kang oh, was right. keeping all the other Kangs out of the timeline. Yeah. So up it's until weird, though, you know that's something that was talked about and, and speculated and, and wondered was you know what's up with the 
the fourth uh, statue being crumbled while the other three were standing. Well, the, well, the other thing with that is that none of them really existed, and they were all just robots being yeah. piloted by him. he who remains. So, uh, I I would say that th- while that was a fun little like, oh, what is it? What's what's going on yeah. there? Like you know, fan speculation. I don't think that that'll ever actually become anything because I think they basically killed that whole idea by it being Kang that was actually pulling the strings the whole time. Right. Yeah, so, like, also, you know, we see uh, Loki and uh, Mo- Mobius, uh, you know, obviously they're working together, and when we get to the end of Loki season one, you know, Mobius doesn't know who he is uh, because of how the timeline was reset or whatever timeline he, he went into. So I'm really curious if uh, that timeline wasn't, like, reset, but he accidentally was pushed into another timeline where there's another Mobius, and he finally get, came back and found the original Mobius he was friends with. I think we're kind of up in the air with where that's going. Uh, right. I, I, I do I do believe you're right. I think that he moved into a variant timeline um, in the end of Loki season two, season one. Season one. <clears throat> in the end of Loki season one, he did move into a variant time stream or timeline. But also whenever we see him in uh, the post credit scene to Ant-Man, uh, Mobius clearly doesn't know what's going on and doesn't trust Loki. So I think that that's still the same Mobius. Oh, Remember, we talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago. So, uh, is it David Dalmatian? Dalmatian or yes. So you know he played uh, the guy, the Baba Yaga guy, uh, Ant Man yeah. Two, and we're like, hey, why does he get this new character name? Is it you know, we couldn't figure out why? Well, the pink thing that was called Bev, that's like, do you have hose? I don't have any hose. That was voiced by him. By David Dasmalkian. Yeah. That's funny. Yep. Okay, well, I guess we don't have to speculate on that anymore. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that that character too was it was a little weird, but it, it was funny. <laughs> Katrina, yeah, I that's love it when he's like, "How many O's you had?" And, and Paul Rudd's like, "You can tell he's counting in his head." Oh shit, that's right, I do have seven holes. <laughs> he was so excited at the end whenever he counted his holes, and he also had seven. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um. Uh, no, I did not think it was Michael Sarah, <laughs> but I mean, I could see it. Um, so speaking of um, he who remains um, being the last Kang at the end of time, uh, Last of Us also gave us episode six last week. Oh crap! Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, this episode was titled Kin, uh, and that's yes. I think that has a lot of different meanings in the episode. Um, obviously, the very on the nose fact that. Uh, Joel finds his brother, uh, Tommy, um, living I didn't in a. Expect that. So, yeah. like me not knowing the game, like as the show's proceeding, uh, as they you know they get walked into this settlement, I did not expect them to see them like that. It, it was it was great. Yes, uh, and and having played the game, I knew that the the Tommy thing was coming up, especially whenever they showed the dam. I mean, I already knew from the previews that he was going to be seeing Tommy in this episode, but um, that's kind of a big scene from the game. Um, actually, most of the stuff that happened in this episode just happens in front of the dam in the game. Mm-hmm. They go back to their their town later. Um, but uh, some of the scenes in the show were taken directly from the game, specifically the scene where uh, Joel tells Ellie that she's she doesn't know anything about loss, and then she tells him that she's lost um, everyone who's ever cared about her has either died or left her. Um, that is that is almost shot for shot right out of the game. Um, the, the, the whole thing stayed very, very true to the video game. Uh, the other thing 
the other part of this that, that where the name Kin comes in is that this is kind of the beginning of Joel and Ellie taking on more of a father-daughter relationship as opposed to just two people traveling together. Um, it, it, not fully yet have, have they accepted the father-daughter roles, but by um, they're starting to. Right. Uh, and, and that kind of changes their dynamic um, in the game and kind of leads to some decisions that get made at the end of the series or uh, at the end of the game that uh, I won't spoil here, but um, it, it, that's kind of what it's building towards. Um, but then, you know, also Tommy's about to have a kid. That's Ken. Right. Um, he, Joel's got a new sister, Ken, as well. Um, not, I don't believe, uh, and I might have to watch it again, but I don't believe there's a single zombie in this episode. Oh, I didn't think about that. I think you're right. Yeah, I don't I think, think a right. single zombie shows up Man, in this episode I'm, at I'm, all. I'm loving this series for real. Like it, it, it's phenomenal. It's great. Like I, I don't, I don't want it to end. I want it to run ten years too. So yeah. Well, I think at most we're gonna get three years out of it, but right. you know, uh, I, I, it's gonna be a good three years. Uh, sure. The the Last of Us is an incredible story. So Pedro Pascal, man. I mean, any almost anything he does, dude, is phenomenal. So except for one of them, absolutely. I will, I will take more Pedro Pascal at almost yes. any time, for sure. <clears throat> yeah. Um, also, uh, Deontay mentioned the Marvels uh, in there. We did get a poster for the Marvels, uh, the the next Captain Marvel film that is coming out. Uh, features all three That's on the. Yeah, we got Photon, Captain Marvel, and Miss Marvel on the poster, and they actually have their comic accurate uh, uh, symbols behind them. Uh, what I w I did notice, uh, they left Blue Marvel off, <clears throat> and there's a it, it, Blue Marvel is another of Marvel's versions of Superman, um, and uh, he's not on it, and he is in this film. And they're not so. leaking any shots, any pictures, or anything of him, so I think that's going to be the big, huge, you know, build up. Yes. Uh, so I am excited to be getting Blue Marvel in this film as well, but I'm really excited about the fact that they're really featuring um, the original Captain Marvel, uh, which is uh, the Maria... Um, Rambo? Yeah, the, or Monica. The Monica Rambo character is the original Captain Marvel. She's at the top of the poster. Um, they're really pushing that character forward into the MCU, and I'm very excited about it. I'm really excited to see what powers specifically we're going to get from her in this next film because she's had a, a wide variety of powers in the 616 comic runs. Hmm. Uh, Monica is Photon. Yeah. 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 Monica is Photon, but in the comics, Monica Rambo was the original oh, okay. uh, Captain Marvel because. Uh, 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 Carol Danvers was calling herself Miss Marvel at the time. Uh -huh. And uh, Captain Marvel had died in the comics. Wow. And there was kind of a void there where that name can be used. And they gave it to the Monica Rambo character before uh, Carol Danvers adopted it later in the, I think the early two thousands, early to mid two thousands. Yes. Uh, Deontay blue Marvel is in this film. So uh, he has been cast. Um, he has uh, been yeah. rumored to be coming in the Marvels, and and that's why they're naming it the Marvels because not only are we getting Photon, Captain Marvel, and Miss Marvel, we're also going to be getting Blue Marvel added to the MCU with this film as well. Yeah, it was on it was on Twitter. Uh, the Marvel uh, updates uh, Twitter account is the one that uh, back November twenty ninth, twenty ninth of last year said Blue Marvel will appear in the Marvels. Yes, and that's really exciting because he's he's kind of OP. Uh, so it's, it's going to be an incredible character. And, and, and also, um, 
Marvel and DC for a little while there in like the mid to late 2000s, early 2010s um, had this bad habit of recreating characters that already existed that were white and making them black. Right. When there's or so making many them of, of, of another race. But there are a bunch of great characters that already exist that don't have to be, you know, their, their race changed to make them these characters. The they can just use them. And Blue Marvel, Blue Marvel is a great example of a great Marvel superhero that can be brought to the big screen. That's great. Yeah. So we got something coming up in April, don't we? We do. We have, uh, so for those of you who don't know, not only do we run uh, one of the greatest comic book shows on the comic book movie news shows on the, uh, the internet, we also own Cape events and we put on uh, uh, comic book conventions throughout the year. So we do have anime con coming up April 1st and 2nd. Mm -hmm. Uh, at the Drury Conference Center here in the sunny city, sunny riverside city of Cape Girardeau, Missouri. <clears throat> a little known fact, uh, one of the only inland places uh, that you can grow, uh, um, uh, God, I'm drawing a blank on it, the trees. Uh, uh, they grow in like Hollywood. The Palm trees? Palm trees, thank you. One of the only places inland uh, this far inland that has the climate to grow palm trees. You can grow them in Cape Girardeau as much as you want. Thank you, my wife, uh, Katrina, uh, with the rescue. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, but also a uh, great place for hosting conventions. <laughs> so we have some incredible guests. Thank you, Martha. I appreciate that. We have some incredible guests. We've got uh, uh, Adasa from Encanto. She plays Dolores in, uh, in Encanto. She will be here in all of her Dolores cosplay glory. Uh, as well as uh, Morgan Berry, uh, a, a great voice actor for many, many animes, including uh, My Hero Academia. Um, <laughs> and, yes, and Rick Robertson, who was the voice of Dabura in the Dragon Ball series. We also are still booking more guests, so uh, keep an eye on our socials so that you can uh, keep up to date on that. Also, uh, and this has been like the most fire part of our uh, uh, uh promotion campaign uh people are super excited about this ramen eating contest that we're putting on yeah like people are losing their mind over this ramen eating contest i did not expect this big of a uh uh response for this uh we have had to limit the number of people who are going to allow to do it it's going to be quite wild uh, but yes we will be doing a ramen yeah we've been doing a ramen eating contest saturday i yes. believe is the day we're gonna so. be doing that yeah um, and, uh, uh, as well as we've got some great panels, we'll be doing comically inclined live there. Also Saturday night nerds will be hosting a live panel in our, uh, uh, panel room. Uh, also we'll be doing interviews with, Oh, excuse me. We're doing interviews with all of our, our voice actors. I know I did it. <laughs> me. Uh, we'll be doing uh, panel interviews with all of the voice actors there as well. If you want to come ask them questions, hang out, get their autograph, uh, get a, get a photo okay. op with them. Yeah. yeah get a selfie. Um, also the cosplay contest will be going on Uh competition last year was nuts. Yes. Uh, so I'm excited to see what people cosplay are doing this year. Always phenomenal. I've, I've, I'm putting together a pretty great cosplay for this one myself. I'm very excited about it. Uh, uh, no hints, but it's, uh, it's, it's pretty great. Uh, we also do have our maid cafe going on this year. Uh, it is a cat cafe this year. So all of our maids, maid cafe servers will be dressed as cats. Um, not like the movie cats, cats, but more like uh, the anime trope of and cat people. Follow our socials. So uh, I think the first drink that will be served was posted today, and as yes. leading up to the event, we'll be posting more. 
Yeah, and uh, some some great. Uh, fortunately, no real cats. Yes, thank you. Uh, no, no cat buttholes being flailed about in everyone's faces. Um, but yeah, so uh, come on down to Cape Girardeau. Get your tickets. You can buy them online. You can buy them at the door uh, on the day uh, if you can't that? get them online. Cape-events.com. Yes, cape-events.com, or you can go to comicallyinclined.com, and it links to cape-events, so you can also use I prefer that route. But, that yeah. as an avenue to get it. Well, I mean, who doesn't need the clicks in this <laughs> modern society where we live and die by the number of people who see our stuff? Um, our merch store. Yeah. Oh, yes. And while you're there, check out the merch store. Get your brand new uh taylor burton is a sexy mountain man t-shirt or um any of the other fun shirts like uh heather what's in chat probably one of my favorites out of all the designs we've done uh, uh you get a ben certified oh yeah the fact checked shirt that uh for ben uh, who was not in the comments tonight yeah well taylor's sad. not either and i'm still letting down yeah, I wore ben the shirt just <laughs> uh, they can get it on a rewatch uh but anyway i think for us this week i think that's it well you got you got anything else blake no, I think that wraps it all up. All right. Check me out Saturday on Saturday Night Nerds. Um, and we'll be back next Wednesday with another fresh episode of Comically Inclined. We'll catch you guys later.